Guys, I'm really excited for you to hear today's podcast. It is myself chatting to another vegan comedian. He's the other half of the episode from about 10 days ago now. You'll have seen an episode with myself speaking to a guy called Julian Dean. He was one half of the Two Vegan Idiots podcast. And today I've got Carl Donnelly on board, who is the other half. I've been listening to Carl's podcasts for years now. Literally years. I mean, I think it was one of the first podcasts I got into back in like 2014, 15. Um, really funny, but since his previous podcast partner moved away, he started a relatively new one, I think maybe a year and a half, two years old now, with a guy called Julian Dean, who I had on the podcast, and they speak, well, they're just very, very funny. Together, they're hilarious. I've seen um, Carl in Edinburgh, I've seen... I've not seen Julian Dean live, but he's very funny. Catch them on Instagram. Go and check out that podcast. And they're not vegan, vegan you know, they're not pushy vegans. They just do it, and they give you tips and tricks on uh, what to do, uh, you know, diet-wise, how to maybe dabble with a bit of veganism. I did meat-free Mondays for a while at the beginning of this year. Just go and check them out, guys. They're, they're, they're great. Um, and today, me and Carl probably speak about veganism more in this one episode than... Uh, he has in, God knows, 30, 40 episodes of Two Vegan Idiots. We get into his training a little bit, his meditation a little bit, but mainly speak about his um, his route to becoming a vegan over the last seven years, guys. So give it a listen. Let me know how you enjoy it. If there's any questions you've got for me, if there's any guests you want I want me to have on that you know, Abu Dhabi-based PTs, trainers, fitness kind of freaky people that'd be cool so yes here's today's episode guys enjoy and um i did uh i did go i, I spoke to julian the other day and yeah, went over right. similar stuff but he said exactly he said that you'd have a very different take on it i started recording mate by the way oh cool um yeah so you know you how long ago did you go vegan yeah, um, mine was seven years ago. Was the first? I mean, yeah. What is it? over seven years now? I just realised it's. Um, yeah, I went vegan in, I believe it was like April, maybe May, early May, twenty thirteen. All right, so you've that's probably long enough to you, for you to have noticed a change in how easy it is, right? a hundred percent. Like I, uh, when I started, it was. I'd say I I caught the end of like sort of what you know the sort of early veganism yeah you know before what became the modern sort of style of veganism came in i feel like i was just in that transitional period yeah just before all the uh, pre-packaged like vegan sweets and yeah. stuff was on the market easily yeah there wasn't a ve- there was no vegan section or anything anywhere do you know what i mean there was a vegetarian bit and yeah. that was always the same shit to be honest it was always <laughs> Like I did a I did a gig in I think when was it January for a, a company called Cauldron and Cauldron like Cauldron are sort of almost legends of vegan and vegetarian food because they're one they've been like the stalwarts of like if you went if you used to go to like the veggie section it was always the same stuff there'd be like a hummus and there'd be mm. and there'd always be Cauldron sausages Cauldron tofu cauldron falafels and that was like yeah. what that was basically all you could buy in a supermarket apart from all the fresh produce and things which is obviously vegan but exactly yeah there which wasn't I've thought like about beer. before because some i mean what let's say 10 years before that people might have gone 
because you know I've I've worked with, I work with people on a nutritional basis for, with work and you know if somebody's somebody's vegan I don't nearly try to sway them or it's not even on my radar because if someone's vegan for ethical or out here we get a lot of different religions that don't eat this that and the other yeah yeah there's no point in me debating the subject it's not even on my radar whereas back in the day though some people might have got that in their head that they was you know i know you're sort of more down the spiritual route of veganism which is i think is great and they might have just gone to apples for like <laughs> for the first for the first while you know yeah yeah yeah. or i will do what most new vegans do which is uh bread essentially <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. most people who do it i know some people that have done veganuary where they've dipped their toe in just for a month to see how they because they've heard all these people talk about the, the great health benefits that they've felt yeah and actually yeah, yeah. The, the people that tend to feel the health benefits are people that have gone from a relatively shitty yeah. meat heavy diet to yeah. suddenly eating much more greens and pulses and suddenly their diets just become much more varied exactly so so their health benefits they're feeling are natural because their diet's just got so much better whereas if you go from eating a you know a probably slightly below average meat heavy diet to eating a 80 percent bread heavy vegan (laughs) diet you're gonna feel dreadful isn't it exactly yeah i should say we've uh, we're speaking to carl donnelly who's a british comedian london-based yes vegan advocate but not a uh, propagandist <laughs> by any by any means i'm not but i'm interested in that side of things like it's yeah. weird I'm, I'm it's just not my uh nature i think to be that type that judges people or expects people to act in the same way that i do yeah but i'm fascinated by that style of thinking one of my um most responded to instagram posts from about a year ago was it got it was one of those one that's up for 24 hours mm. and it got that many replies under it that I thought I'll save it and post it as a permanent post and it yeah. was it was me having a word with vegans I said guys and this I think I, I, this is not me speaking to you it's me speaking to a lot of other vegans yeah. so I said guys vegans like I've been trying to get people to do shit they don't want to do for years as a trainer like that's yeah, me yeah, I've been yeah. trying to get people to do stuff that sounds awful for years now, telling somebody who currently is a couch potato to go to running 5K a day every day, <laughs> lifting weights and doing three yoga sessions a day ain't going to happen. No. So, and this was a year or two, year or so ago, so I wasn't as sort of a favored veganism as I am now. I've been mean, had a few friends and clients that are into it. And I said, look, you telling me, a, a meat eater who doesn't really pay much attention to uh, animal product usage to, to stop eating honey, not, don't wear your leather shoes, what you bought a leather jacket for, you know, said, calm me down. And you put, I think you put no meat Mondays on my radar. Yeah. Which I've done, or I did up until lockdown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it wasn't veganism. It was just no meat on a Monday, just to see how I feel. Yeah, yeah. And it went really well. It felt, you know, it felt good. Well, it's, it's I, you know, again, it's that thing, like I didn't do it in any way for health reasons. Um, I, I was one of them lucky people where it was a happy accident that my diet got better when I went vegan. So actually I, I felt a lot of health benefits and I think I actually think I was dairy intolerant without realizing it for probably my whole life. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had recurring stomach ulcers from childhood, literally, but I'd get stomach ulcers, I'd say three or four times a year. Yeah. I'd had to be medicated for them. And I had doctors test me for every type of gut bacteria that was going yeah. 
not a single doctor in 30 years of my life said, have you thought about giving up dairy? <laughs> and then I went vegan and, and suddenly they clear up. So, I mean, that's not... That's brilliant. You know, I, I don't think it takes a rocket science to make a connection there. So there's no, things like that where, yeah, like I, you know, I think I, I, I always think it's good to advise people, why don't you try a day off or try cutting down a bit if you're interested in it? Because mm. often what happens is they suddenly, they find certain parts of it that work for them either like, health-wise, yeah. like emo- emotionally, mentally, physically, whatever. You know, some people might notice, you know, they, they might be eating something that's affecting their, I don't know, their sort of, joints or something you know if you've got yeah. certain foods have negative effects so i always just tell people to give it a little try the amount of people that would um like you say you go one way or the other but if if you i mean if i take a bloke from the pub and say look you're going to go vegan and he start and he finds out that oreos are you know oreos are vegan and he that's his breakfast now and then yeah. you know <laughs> he, he just he just he just pays no attention to it it's unlikely that he'd do that but it'd obviously become less healthy but generally speaking vegans got the word veg in it like you go to more veg and one of my favorite pots at the minute is i mean i've got to work out how to make the stuff because it's costing me a fortune the pots from waitrose are like five quid a throw but i reckon i could make a vat of it if i got a recipe i reckon i could make a vat of it for um for about the same price and it's a (laughs) um uh west african lentil no chickpea and peanut butter Oh, chili lovely. thing it's really nice it's like yeah, a, yeah yeah it's like a you know a real comfort food yeah even in you know it's not a stodgy kind of thing like that you think you probably wouldn't want out in the heat here but i, I really i've come home to it at lunch every day for the last while and it's low calorie nutrient dense if anyone's listening to this i always talk about nutrient dense foods that are gonna like oreos for example they would do jack shit for you exactly. for a day. like you'd be hungry 10 minutes later whereas if you have something like that it's going to leave you full i put a handful of spinach in it as well yeah it yeah was, it, yeah it's the, and i know you you do cook a bit don't you but if it that's the kind of thing that i'd love to be able to make it looks really complex but i bet you it's not yeah yeah and freeze a bunch of it and it'd be a very healthy midday mid-afternoon snack for sure yeah yeah i found I, I remember when i quite early doors in being vegan i think it was within the first sort of maybe seven or eight months i am um, and i've always cooked a bit but in i reckon them early days of veganism i, I was eating probably better than i was pre-vegan but I, re- I don't reckon i was eating like amazingly i wasn't like yeah. you know i hadn't really worked out a lot of len- like lentil type things or pulses or chickpeas that size types of stuff and then i went i went traveling around india for a few months classic yeah, post, do it for you. Yeah. post-divorce uh, <laughs> breakdown <laughs> go around India like a hippie and me and my mate um we found ourselves in South India for about a month and South India is like predominantly vegetarian and a lot of it is mostly vegan because I actually you know sort of a lot of the dishes are cooked with coconut milk just by the nature of it being readily available whatever yeah and and there are parts of like certain Hindu uh sets that are vegan it's like they're like the most extreme vegan as well man you go to like Jain Hindus where you know the traditional ones won't even like walk at night in case they step on bugs they can't see. And oh, stuff is that like right? That. Yeah, there's some mad, like proper funny, like little historical sects that were vegan. Like you know, when people sort of talk about veganism, like it's some sort of middle class Western invention. It's like <laughs> yeah. there's been people doing it for thousands Forever. of years. Yeah, 
I mean, flavorful as well, right? Like really flavorful foods. I well, that was it. We lived on dals and dosas and things that like was, they were essentially, you know, poor, just local foods. Cheap. Yeah. And so cheap. And we, you know, we, we, we ate curry for breakfast, lunch and dinner for yeah. probably a month. And and it was incredible. And I, get, I when I came back, I sort of thought, all right, that's it. I'm teaching myself to cook all this stuff, and yeah. that now has taught me to make really tasty, but also really simple and nutrient and nutrient rich, healthy yeah. dishes. Yeah, the the um, there's a Sri Lankan breakfast. I often spend August in Sri Lanka just because it's too hot here and it's cheap over there. Um, and their breakfast, they have a coconut. Uh, sambal it's called coconut oh, sambal it. and it's great a coconut with some chilli powder in it and yeah. I mean it's so good really really uh, the, I can't knock the foods on I mean we're talking about places uh, white guys go and become wankers but I was in <laughs> Nepal <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. in Nepal after a breakup last year and um, I ended up in a, a vegan restaurant the food was I mean the food wasn't great throughout Nepal or this specific area I was in wasn't great Dalbat and stuff it's not it's just it's just for, for calories for climbing mountains, essentially. Yeah. And um, the uh, this vegan restaurant I found myself in a few times. It, I think I'd been once or twice before I even twigged that everything was vegan. A burger, a burger, and it was um, a mushroom was the was the pate. Yeah. And it was such good food. It was. I mean, it, it was wasn't the cheapest place to go in the, in yeah, the yeah, village, yeah. but it was. Uh, it was expensive. It was expensive, but it was so tasty. Yeah. The bread that you would never know that the. I mean, I'd like to have tested some of the stuff. The, the brownies. I was like, how is there no cream in this? It, it was yeah, amazing. Yeah. So you went, um, Julian said he was more along the lines of, he looked for a healthier diet and ended up yeah. going with vegans, but you was more of a, a, a spiritual pursuit or a more of a... Yeah, I think so. It was spiritual, ethical. ethical. I'd yeah. say the ethics probably came afterwards. Like I, I sort of had a bit of a spiritual, and when I say a spiritual is such a... a loaded word in it you say it and everyone thinks you're talking about you've had some sort of epiphany or something yeah. but what I mean is I just had this slight shift in my relationship to the world I was quite mm. you know I, I think I'd realized I was quite selfish and uh, yeah. didn't really care about my impact on others and the world around me and suddenly I had to sort of over the course of a few months I just had this slight awakening to the fact that I should probably wind my neck in a bit and start being better to everyone and every everything and through that I started sort of having this sense of interest in veganism as quite a simple switch if you you know it's a thing of you know if you think right I want to start shopping ethically or I want to start doing more charity stuff or do you know there's loads of things you can look at to try and have a better impact on the world and actually one of the most simple ones you can do is veganism that's all it is You're not, you're not having to put any effort in. What you have to do is basically just remove certain things from your diet and your wardrobe. So actually it's sort of a simplification rather than a, a hassle of adding stuff. How much do you reckon we've reduced our carbon footprints during lockdown? Do you reckon, oh, mine, do you reckon mine has come as a, as a meat eater? Um, but with no now no travel, I'm, I missed the flight. I had to cancel a, a, tri- a trip to Japan. I won't be going home in the summer. I, I think my carbon footprint's probably come down to yours pre pre lockdown, a vegan pre lockdown. You know, we're all yeah a, a making a much smaller well, impact well. on the planet now, right? That's the thing. Being a comedian means a lot of travel as well. So there's certain yeah. things that you know. I I just I worked out this 
like I could cut things like that down, but there's certain things my lifestyle will naturally be bad in terms of, but I'd say a lot of lockdown, definitely, you know, you can just tell from the air. Yeah, right. oh, apparently there's a uh, apparently China's a, a, you can view it from space now for the first time in yeah, years yeah. because of um, yeah because of uh, the, the 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 whatever the ozone layer being much clearer the the, the, the smog yeah. having disappeared and all sorts and somebody put a picture up of um, um, the palace India in India what are we, what am I what, what palace <laughs> am I talking about in India so I just had a car go past with like a souped up engine it was a it was a white Toyota Prius somebody had souped up <laughs> sorry I miss being at home <laughs> <laughs> um talking yeah like my wife um, was walking the other day and we live in northwest London and she could see Crystal Palace in south you know that's on the borders that, yeah. of south east southwest London and that is far south we're quite yeah. we're, we're we're quite high up here but that is like you that is unheard of yeah fogs just lifted exactly so we're all exactly and that's the that'd be my question what do you think it is apart from consumables and i'm by that i mean literally consuming foods that you do that that uh, that someone like myself could do and i mean i've i've known people refuse to fly for 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 day trips out here people do silly stuff like that you know an hour long flight to do a meeting for to come back for an hour and they started to refuse that type of stuff just on a on a you know on an ethical level like why am i doing that twice a week i think more and more people are doing that and i actually think that would be quite a sort of large thing that will come out of the lockdown i think people have learned more Mm. how to do things like meetings and stuff. And I, you know, I don't think a face-to-face will ever be replaced by a Zoom, whatever. No. But I do think, like, I've got friends who work in quite big, you know, city-type jobs for big companies. And they're flying, you know, every couple of weeks, I'll message them and I'll be like, oh, what are you up to? They'll be like, I'm in Singapore. And they've just gone to Singapore for a day for yeah, a meeting. It's crazy, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, you know, I think what they've learned from this last couple of months is they don't have to go, so they don't have to do that, that flight. This will suffice, yeah. Yeah, not in every sense, but like, you know, I do think people will just be a bit more wary of that. In terms of mine, I, you know, apart from, I suppose there's an element of, I also don't like that thing where people, people, some people go vegan and suddenly think they're better than everyone and they're in the (laughs) oak. And I think what actually happens is it can be quite easy to go vegan, but then get trapped by all the other sort of negative life things that actually are, come from exactly the same place. Like, you know, if you go vegan and suddenly all you're eating is the vegan KFC burger or the vegan Greg sausage roll, you've essentially, you might have stopped eating animal products. Yeah, but, but you're still you supporting big yeah, pharma, not well, pharma, you're, but you're supporting big, yeah, um, you're big still, corporations that still kill animals and, 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 yeah. and, and do all that stuff. Yeah. So I, I, get that. I always try, you know, I try and support, you know, if I, any, whenever I'm on the road, I always find a local independent vegan cafe or restaurant and, yeah you know i try and stick to that i try and you know obviously there's times you can't avoid buying something on amazon because they've got such a monopoly on things now it's almost impossible to buy certain things anywhere else isn't it yeah exactly. so there's times where you have to just sort of you know suck it up and accept that w- the world has become a place where you are forced into those sort of decisions but 100%. i just think i just think being aware of it is the biggest thing being aware that right I'm not, no one's perfect. That's why it's, that's why you shouldn't judge everyone or anyone really. But it might to, be a little bit like post lockdown, like after lockdown, we're all going to have to be a little bit more aware of 
washing your hands, keeping your mask yeah. on or whatever, and staying six feet away when you've got a chance. If, if everyone's a little bit more aware, it brings the general, yeah, 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 yeah. you know, our number down or whatever it is. And if everybody was a little bit more aware ethically about foods and stuff that they yeah. eat and consume, that again would bring the planet as a total, as a whole, would come down considerably. If everybody was, let's say, 10% more aware, just imagine what totally. impact that would have. And I think that's all often the message that doesn't get said enough. You know, there's mm. a lot of, you know, because obviously the, the the controversial opinions get heard the loudest, isn't it? So you'll of get course. nutty meat eaters banging on about how if you go vegan, you're going to end up oh. with man boobs and, you know, you'll be yeah. some cuck or something. And then the, <laughs> and then the, the alternative is the vegans. Throwing is, blood at restaurants, <laughs> throwing cows yeah. at livers at restaurants and stuff. And I think, don't get me wrong, I think there's a place for like the discussion on the morality and all that, but yeah, it's got to yeah, be done yeah. in a philosophical way. Like I'm reading this book at the minute, I've not got it here, it's in another room, which is quite a famous book called Practical Ethics by Peter Singer. Okay. He's, a, he's a real like moral philosopher. It's quite, right. he's, he's quite controversial, but he just talks about it really matter-of-factly where he says like, if you actually measure up the moral implications of your diet, you know, it, there is no real moral justification for eating meat. But he's Name not it saying, again, mate, I'll put it in the notes. It's called Peter Singer, Practical Ethics. And that sounds really harsh when you say that thing of like, there's no moral justification for eating meat, but he's not, you know, that doesn't mean you're judging anyone. Like there's no moral justification for loads of things, is there? There's no moral justification for buying your t-shirt in a H&M if they've used sweatshops. But We're both sat on it. Well, I'm sat on an Apple product. I've got one at the side <laughs> yeah, of me. That's one what I mean. Yeah. So he's, he's, his sort of thing is you've got to raise these questions, but you know, I think, there's a difference between talking about that and being aware of it mm. and, and going to, up to people who are eating in a restaurant and, you know, shouting. Ruining murderer. the day. <laughs> yeah. Because that, that ain't going to, if you just raise the question and get people to think about it themselves, then that's going to have more impact than just, yeah. If you tell someone they're a murderer while they're eating their lunch, you've lost that person. You've you know lost I mean? them. They're, yeah. That's a non-starter. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, you mentioned there being on the road, that must've been, was it easy enough? Because it's hard to eat healthy on the road if you're not fussed about, you know, too much. But but you must have noticed it because you travel, you do, you know, in a week you might do two big, two or three big cities in the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it's uh, got a lot easier. It used yeah. to, again. I caught that window of time when it was hard, man. There was times where I just could not find somewhere that had vegan options. You know what I mean? So yeah. I'd end up just eating. You know, I'd have like a a couple of bits of fruit and some crisps and a bar of <laughs> yeah. dark chocolate that you know i like yeah there was t- there was a period of time when it was pretty tricky but then in the last few years it's now got to the point where it's pretty easy in most especially major cities but even small towns now have always got a, either a vegan place or you can always go to in somewhere with a vegan dish yeah yeah pizza express now have vegan pizzas and things like that so where's where's it or where was it first easiest? Because I know you travel with, um, you know, you do different uh, festivals. Melbourne, is that right? Yeah, I mean, Melbourne, I'd say Melbourne, definitely. Melbourne's actually... It was easiest I, first, was they? I think that was like, I'd say, I'd still say Melbourne is like the vegan capital of the world. Really? Uh, but quietly, they don't bang on about it. Or That's anything. cool. They've just got a real like hipster sort of, you know, they, they were hipsters before we knew what hipsters were. Yeah. In that yeah. sense of like... <laughs> yeah. You know, like when sort of you go to certain parts of London, about five years ago, everyone started dressing like they were sort of Japanese graphic designers <laughs> or something. <laughs> Melbourne had that 10 years ago, you know what I mean? Right. Like it was, 
it's weirdly just it's sort of, and veganism just there when I first was vegan Melbourne just had you know not just like a couple of places that had options before London probably had two or three decent vegan restaurants Melbourne had like 20 yeah it was just way ahead of the curve I've got to get over there it's uh, it's on my list um yeah, it is on my list. I know a fair few people. And again, like you say, I know I can think of one guy from, uh, from Melbourne and he was, he's just cool. He's just cool. And he, he was ethically aware before I even knew what that kind of stuff was, <laughs> was, you know? Yeah. So cool. That's uh, that's brilliant, man. And you've started, so you, you mentioned training a few times. The reason I, I think you and uh, yourself and Julian wasn't a million miles out of the wheelhouse of having you on this podcast of, um, coffee with coaches is because you always touch on the subjects of uh, either either nutrition often fitness often uh, you know spiritual pursuits often um, the the sort of meditation and mindset often and which is really cool so I thought you guys would be good to have on now what what's your training at the minute would it as, as your training improved I, fi- I feel like you've done more training since since lockdown, so you've got your little gym garden. Are you... Yeah, well, I, I was. I was on. A, I was on a wicked like. How was you? Five, like I was on a like not daily because I try. You know, you've got to have a bit of rest. But I was doing some solid like, you know, starting to, to have a good weight setup going on. Because I've got like the full setup in the garden, like squat rack, everything. Oh, that's amazing. And it's so it's really handy. And I was getting. I go through phases of like three months here and there where I'm like on it, and then I'll fall off because I'm traveling a bit too much and. Then I get back on it and like I was I was properly for about I don't know maybe a month five weeks I was probably in the best like routine I've yeah. ever had with it yeah and then I just I felt my elbow go like I basically think I got tennis elbow right because I just right. started getting lifting this... weights yeah it's, it's yeah. Pop, yeah 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 and um and basically I looked into it and you know I didn't go to the doctors because it wasn't like agony or anything but I could just feel where it was and yeah. it was related to that movement. And I suddenly was, it sort of put the wind up me a bit because I've got a baby coming next month. I was like, maybe I'm pushing it a bit hard. Yeah. And I did a little bit of research and in total uh, coincidence was I was clearing out a bookcase and I found my old flatmate's um, book on calisthenics. Oh, yeah. And, and it literally, I started, I started reading it. It's called Convict Conditioning. It's quite a weird book. So as in uh, prison, prison style yeah. training. Have you yeah, heard yeah. of it? Um, it's yeah. I feel like that's something that I've that's been on my radar in the past. Right. I'd, I'd assume a lot of like squat, squat jumps, well, and that mainly, sort of push-ups, yeah. t- different it, types of push-ups. Yeah, and it's so. I, I, started, I started flicking through it, and then one of the first things it says was like, you know, actually, you know, if you if like if, if you're prone to injury, it's quite good to do body weight stuff just because mm. it's more natural movements. Yeah, and, and within just, reason, you're only ever going to lift so much weight, right? Yeah, I suppose that what it talks about, and this is what I'm not really got to that point yet but it talks about how you should always treat it as progression though so you should go from mm. you know if you're if you're somebody who can't do a push-up you should be doing you know have your knees down and stuff like that yeah of course but then yeah. work your way through push-up to you know basically the, the long-term goal is you want to be doing one-handed push-ups and like it talks about <laughs> i can see the cover of this book and no, i've never seen it before <laughs> but i can only imagine the picture of uh, what's on the front it's just a, a certain sect of the fitness industry oh yeah cool. love all that sort of stuff yeah but yeah so it's... basically i just started doing i just thought just for this just to see if it helps my arm recover i'm just gonna yeah. do some push-ups pull-ups 
you know, sit-ups, leg raises type things and, you know, some like um, bridge poses and things like just to try and... Just... Yeah, work that, into, into, uh, work that into yoga and you can't go wrong. I mean, I always start with yoga since lockdown. I I've not been able to be asked too much. And then I thought, you know what, my yoga mats just lay there. And if I start in a box position on my knees and before yeah. you know it, I've got some dumbbells in the corner there and I've picked them up and there's no time limit it's not like I've got 45 minutes to get it done I've yeah, got two yeah. hours three hours if I want so um yeah I think starting with some yoga is body weight essentially isn't it body yeah, weight yeah, stuff yeah. Is, is is brilliant and and I've I'll get into meditation with you in a second but I find that just breathing and for a second on a mat rather than in bed you think you you know it's the same it's not the same it's, no, it's no. you've all of a sudden you're as they say in yoga on your mat which is yeah, basically yeah, yeah. being present and being there and and, and, and I think that's really cool. And yesterday I even started it off with my meditation, which is, it's been the Wim Hof method. Have you oh, heard yeah, of the Wim I've, Hof I've done that a few times. It's, I love Wim Hof. I think he's really funny and interesting. Yeah, he's great. He's the reason I have a cold shower every day. It's brilliant. I mean, I, I, I was just saying this the other day. I'd do that without fail, but our showers here aren't cold enough. It's, it's uh, pointless. Like, it's just back home, man, it, uh, at Christmas. But I, because I, I'm... I'm I've never, because I like the actual feeling of, I think you need to shower with hot water just to get clean. But <laughs> yeah. I, so I've never ever done that thing of going just cold shower. Like I, I always no. have a quick warm shower and then just as cold as it can go. And I finish off with that for just for, I yeah. mean, initially when you first started, I started it, I remember it, I started it on January the 2nd, 2019. And I've done it every day <laughs> since. Do you notice the difference through the seasons? Is it easier in summer and cold, or is it always Absolutely. cold? Absolutely. It's so much easier in the summer. Even, yeah. even though here, you know, in the UK, even in summer, your cold water is cold. Yeah. You know, yes, it is, yeah. It's still just the, the outside air temp temperature yeah. just makes it much easier. You know, I, I'm talking, you know, a proper January cold shower is next level, man. Yeah, it's cold. It's cold. It's and it is, you have to good. breathe, you have to be... You have to yeah. really be there. It's it's brilliant. It's it, I miss it. I'm, and the only the only way of doing it, and this wouldn't be very um, ethical at all, is be um, just have a ba get go and get a bag of ice every day and do mm. a, a bath. Which maybe once a week I could do that as a yeah, yeah, as yeah. a treat. The um, I, I had a dip in the in the in the Derwent River with my mate back in August. It had been two or three years ago as well, and he does it regular. And I I was oh it was hard getting in and he yeah, was just yeah, in there yeah. no problem i was like mate no this is uh for an expat like me a soft you know expat like me this is cold enough and we just sat there and it, we ended up just having a chat and it was fine yeah but for those first couple of minutes you had to be present and and i find that's even just with his breathing app he does that it's got a breathing two minute cycle kind of thing for and i do like four or five sets um it finishes with a breath hold of like as long as you can sort of handle and I, I don't know how I feel about that because it's almost stressing me out trying to get a better time <laughs> yeah, each yeah, time, yeah. which isn't the, the opposite point. When, <laughs> yeah. Do you know what else I do when I like to relax? Whim is I like to breathe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so it's, but it is good, and I'd recommend it to anyone. It's it's just called the Wim Hof method. If you, yeah, it's absolutely um, good, and that that breathing technique he does is very. I think it's really good for people that struggle with you know, meditation that is very still and quiet and yes. you know, that, that his method is very active and you almost, you almost sort of breathe yourself into a meditative state, don't you? By yeah. quite forceful breathing. Very forceful. I find it almost too quick for me. Yeah. Like, you know, and, um, 
then the, the breath holds, they're nice. They are nice. I try and get two minutes. If I get, if I do four sets and one of them's two minutes long, I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. And um, you get this sort of sense of, it's almost like you've had a hit on, a, a, you know, a vape, <laughs> a weed yeah. vape or something. It's, it's solid. you know. Have you seen, um, I know it's, uh, it's not a good show, but have you seen any Goop Lab, that thing on Netflix? <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking about doing a reaction video to it. Imagine <laughs> like a, a, a science-based fitness instructor, but he's into a bit of that sort of stuff, just watching it like a sort of Gogglebox style. I think that might be a YouTube channel waiting to happen. But the, the episode of Wim Hof is really interesting. It's brilliant. You know, they, yeah. it, does, it is that thing of... You know, some of the people, the first time they do that breathing technique, find it quite emotional almost. It's almost such yeah. an overwhelming feeling for them. Mm. But I think, yeah, I always, I think it's a good, I recommend that to people that I know who are a bit sort of unnerved by meditation. Because they, they think meditation is sitting in the lotus position on a rock somewhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, actually, I think for most people in the modern age, that's just not a possibility. And also some people, you know, I've got a mate of mine I told to do the Wim Hof thing. He's quite... um you know, he's got, I would say he's quite attention deficit. Yeah. You know, yeah. he's always got to have distractions. He's always got his phone, a screen on. He's listening to a podcast with a film on in the background. <laughs> he just constantly needs distractions. Yeah. So he, I recommended it to him. So I was like, you need something like this where you you feel like you're working at it. Mm. That's why I got into, I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit similar, you know, um, but yoga for me, I struggle to do it in here. I mean, in a guided yoga session, if I put it on the screen in front of me, even though I know the instructors, you know, it's the, it's the yoga studio I go to. They've yeah, gone yeah. online for lockdown and I still struggle. And she knows me and we're speaking to, I'm still struggling. But if I'm in that studio, I put everything down and I'm there for an hour and a half or however long the class is. And it, it blew my mind about six months ago. I went, I'd never done a yoga session. And uh, in September last year, I did one. And did four a week until lockdown, without a doubt. Like, didn't yeah. miss a session. Yeah, Do you think really... that's so? Because it's a group thing, and you feel like the pressure of, or uh, not, not pressure, but not the, pressure, but the fact the... that you don't want to be the one who's checking your phone or not paying attention. Yeah, or... there's no chance of it, you know. And even to the point where I'm like, well, you know, there's there's 15 middle-aged women around me that are smashing it, <laughs> and and I'm like, no, Tim, you can't be the first to put your knees down, or Tim, you can't be the first to, you know let go of this pose or whatever and I had to be it was brilliant it, as a as an e let my ego go I literally left the gym because I was clock watching and in 15 years of being a broy kind of trainee kind of guy I'd never been bored of the gym but I realized I'd been bored of the gym for three months or so and I um drove I googled yoga studios even though I you know live in the city I know a few around I, I, and I drove to the closest one I could find and it happened to be I've had her on the podcast a lady called Mina she owns the studio and took me under their wings. I felt like I was under that. I, I must say for the first, this is going to sound terrible, but for the first bit of yoga, I was like, Oh, this is really nice. I'm one of the only guys and, all, and I'm a bit of a novelty. So the yeah, instructors yeah, yeah. like the instructors pay me a bit more attention. I'm also going up in the middle of the day because my work allows me to, yeah, when yeah. it would be a probably be a bit quieter. And, um, yeah, you know, and I just had to let ego go. I, there was no pressure to be good at it because yeah. it's not my wheelhouse. It's not my thing. It's yoga. It's not, we're not, yeah, we're not yeah, lifting yeah. weights. We're not running. We're not crossfitting or anything like that. No one was, um, you know, and I was like, I'm shit at this. I've got yeah. to do this again and again and again until I start to get better. And that's when meditation got on my, I, I've touched on re meditation in the past because of anxiety and what have you, but, um, 
you know, five or six years ago, but then it, and I sort of just that breathing thing was enough to get me by, but yoga meditation and um, certain yoga classes really got me into it deep about six months ago. And that's when I picked up Wim Hof again and realized the benefits of meditation. One of the yoga classes I do is 90% lying down. Oh, really? Well, you know, the yin, the, yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the yin yoga, which is basically a, a, a pose that's a, that's a stretch and it could be a really deep stretch and you end up holding it for, you yeah. know, uh, f- for five to 10 minutes each. And I find that a really good, that's the yoga I'm missing actually, because the intense squatty lungy type stuff I can get by with here, but that's that stuff of uh, the breathing and the holding the long poses I find really effective. And mm. um, yeah, mate, I don't want to keep you forever. So we'll, uh, we'll right. start to wrap things up. And, uh, but is, is there, I mean, gone and three tips for i did get get them out of julian eventually three tips for some if i wanted to go vegan tonight i've got one trip to the supermarket to do three tips um i would say i would say red lentils all right because they they they, you know that you can make a dal that is tasty with basically a couple of ingredients and that's just red lentils um turmeric and water you know what i mean that's sort of the basic of any any dal and then if you've got some other spices then you just make it to your own liking yeah um so i'd say red lentils like because lentils i grew up watching the young ones and hearing neil talk about lentils and you know they've always had such a negative connotation of <laughs> yeah a bunch of, of hippies bland boring as well yeah. like quite d- dull food aren't they definitely and that's again that's a western type thing of just mm. you know because we don't know how to cook properly mm. we think of things like that as bland <laughs> i'm sorry um what else i mean it's that thing where i'd say i would say if, if for people that are gonna try it don't go crazy and try and go too healthy straight away you know what i mean do ease into it yeah what about yourself. from a like point of view of i mean julian the one that stuck with me was stick to foods that are almost around what you're used to so if you're used to steak and mash on a on a thursday night or whatever don't go to you know a a cob salad or something completely opposite (laughs) yeah you want to you want to keep it around that area which you know if if you put in mash in it wouldn't be difficult to to put a slab of you know something vegetably with yeah. uh, with some mashes but then uh, i suppose what you want what you want as well is something of maybe not equal but at least enough of a protein content that you don't feel like you're not hmm. getting what you usually get yeah, yeah. but i mean so I, it's that thing where like you know tofu is not a good replacement for steak you know what i mean because of the <laughs> texture no, no. if you wanted something steaky you know you'd be better off with something like tempeh which is a much more firm type of tofu yeah uh, but you definitely need to treat it right to t- get it to taste good. Or if it's going with mash, a good sausage replacement would be... That's uh, what I mean. But that, that, I mean, now there are so many of them and yeah. so cheap. You can go to Iceland here in the UK, which is like, you know, that's got to be the shit of supermarket. <laughs> yeah. And they've got their own vegan sausages that are £2 a pack that are like, pretty good. The burgers, actually, I would say. there's a they, they, Iceland do a, a thing called the No Bull Burger, and I genuinely think it's the best vegan burger you can buy in the UK, more than the Beyond Meat ones that are five quid a pack. I'll write you these know. down, guys. 15 seconds, skip back and write those down. It's I'll, so I'll, easy. I'll be doing that. And that's weird. Iceland has a whole plant-based section, which is right. mental. Like to have to, For them to have that affordable as well is a big thing. Mm. So I would say, about yeah, the, in early days, do I just that. thought Try- of... Uh, so I was thinking sausage and mash. What you, what's your gravy replacement? What's is there a is there easiest? A... I mean, I make my own gravy, and it's right. the easiest thing in the world. Which is, 
you know, basically because you can get a butter like Vitalite, which is vegan. You know, that's just sunflower oil base. Yeah. And the way to make the way to make your butter uh, as your gravy, sorry, is you put your butter in the pan, then you put a bit of plain flour. You like you know once it's melted, yeah. you make that little sort of I've forgotten what it's called. It's a paste. There's a French um, word for it. I yeah. Um, and then you put your stock in, and then you can get a veggie stock. It, 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 there's as many veggie stocks as there are yeah, non-veggie. Yeah. And then that's your sort of that will thicken up. And then I just always add soy sauce, salt, pepper, whatever you want to, and add to flavor it up sometimes i put a bit of like you know sort of spicy like sort of seasoning or something in there it's honestly i'd say yeah gravy is actually very easy to make a good nice. vegan gravy so we're nearly there we've nearly knocked up a, a, a you know wednesday night's my <laughs> my sausage or steak and mash night if you know yeah, yeah, yeah. there are <laughs> some nearly... good amazing there's some pretty amazing like meat replacements now so I think I, until i started making my own ones i was always a bit cynical about them and thought they can't be nutritious in any way mm. and then actually when you start making it you realize that it's not some sort of frankenstein food you know I, i've yeah. made my I can, I can make my own seitan now which is basically that's your archetypal meat replacement that has the meat texture that's what they make whenever if you hear of like vegan fried chicken that's always seitan it should be seitan anyway right, if, okay. you want, if you want to have that meat texture right and all that is is highly glutinous flour <laughs> stock and then basically that what you do is you knead it and it becomes the, the proteins bind and it ends up being like a slab of meat yeah okay and, right, yeah, and yeah. basically like if you, you know, if you use the right sort of soy sauce and stuff then you suddenly it becomes a full protein and then you can just coat it and do whatever you want with it and it becomes basically basically it's like you're eating a bit of meat but it's just yeah not- I don't mean to go on too long, but if you've got five minutes, I just, I always wanted to ask something topical and I, I did with Julian the other day, but this isn't necessarily on, on, like on of the moment topical, but what do you think could happen if we started to, I asked this at a barbecue at the weekend to a bunch of people, what do you think could happen if we could, uh, in a Petri dish, build meat, which they think is on the way, you know, if, yeah. if, if, yeah, if yeah, yeah. lasers that can basically build proteins that become a, a slab of meat, that's essentially a, a, a meat replacement for you guys. Yeah, right? yeah, it's never yeah, been yeah, conscious. Yeah. It's never been, as long as it's not taking up, you know, billions of, 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 of you know, as long as it's not wasteful, it's yeah, not, yeah, yeah. It's, it'd surely be what we're, I mean, that would probably tempt me into full veganism, to be honest. I think it's about £12,000 for the burger at the minute. <laughs> and it, that comes down with the rate of obviously technology and stuff. Yeah, but yeah, as yeah. soon as that's ready, I'm, I, I'm all in, I think. I think, I, I mean, there's, I, I, there's, I, there's no moral quandary there, is there? I can't, no. I, I can't find one. I've thought about it. And the way I see it, there is... I mean, I wouldn't have any issues with trying it. I suppose it's, it would be more about taste if it tastes good. Like I said, exactly. there's certain there's certain things. Like I've I think you can make a. You know, I've I've had vegan fried chicken that tastes exactly like KFC. Do you know? I know yeah. that is it's totally easy because basically you learn actually KFC and fried chicken doesn't taste of chicken, does it? It tastes of fried bread. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> but <that> like <laughs> you know, there is there is that is most things like that but you can't replace you know there's no suitable as yet replacement for a steak you know there's no suitable replacement for certain meats that i really miss like things like chicken livers and stuff like Mm. that so you know if i'm somebody who i didn't give up because i didn't like the taste of meat i gave up because i didn't like what it was yes if if you could if you told me i've just grown some chicken livers in a petri dish and there's absolutely no relationship to an animal at all from it yeah 
other than the fact that it's designed from the same genetic code. Yeah. I wouldn't have any problem with trying that. I'd, I'd, I'd wolf it down. <laughs> there we go. Answered up. I think that's a <laughs> ni- nice place to wrap up. Guys, if you, if you didn't hear us at the beginning, this has been Carl Donnelly. With, uh, he's, he's one half of the Two Vegan Idiots, which is yeah, uh, a favourite podcast of mine that I'll, uh, I, tell people to, I tell people to check out all the time anyway. Anything else we need to, uh, anything else we need to, to point, point people in the direction of, mate? I no, I don't think so. I think that's about it, really. So that's a good sort of starting point. No shows point, at the minute. No shows coming up, obviously. Nothing I mean, at that's... all. Like, I'm sort of, at the minute, I'm not, like, I've not taken out, like my diary is, you know, I've got gigs in the diary up until January next year. But what I'm doing at the minute, I sort of can't bring myself to just block take them out. So what yeah. I'm doing is every week I sort of just take <laughs> that out that week. Yeah. That one's not on. Yeah. And it's just like a rolling thing of like, when will it begin? Hopefully. Oh. Yeah, there's talk of maybe like just in and around and after the summer, some smaller gigs starting up again. And, you know, that would be nice. Yeah, 100%. I mean, that social gathering, you know, is is one thing that I think, you know, we need. We do need to be ethical. We do need to be, uh, you know, we do need to be aware of all of our of our footprints on the planet and all that. And the other thing, the other thing we all need to do is definitely meet up with one another. Yeah, uh, I don't. Yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, uh, it's weird. Like I am, um, I saw my best friend on Friday for the first time physically, in you know months. Yeah, and you know it was just it was so nice. It was just such a. Yeah, even yeah. though we've we've what we FaceTime, whatever, it's just not the same. It's not the same, is it? No, no, I've done no. exactly done exactly the same actually. Right, guys, uh, that's been me, and this has been Coffee with Coaches. Stay on the line, Carl. I'll say goodbye in a second. Cool, Cheers, mate. Thank you Cheers. very much.